Hi, Mason, and welcome to a special 9320-9320 player podcast. We are, what, three days from a potential treble, something like that? Two days until the two gentlemen on this podcast have to board planes to go to Istanbul. Um, so we're here to kill some time and chat what football stories are doing the rounds. I've got Stefan and Lloyd. Afternoon, Stefan. Hi. One day for me. I changed my flight this morning. I'm You're going tomorrow. to... You're going to go a day early? I'm going a day early on my own. None of my crew arrive until Friday. But I uh, I do actually arrive Friday at five past midnight. But um, just thought might as well spend another day, meet up with a few people. Nice. Soak it up. Nice. Very nice. Lloyd, when do you, when do you fly? Tomorrow. Tomorrow at noon. Oh, okay. So you'll you're both getting in there on on Thursday. And are you is your flight direct or have you got a change and is it a long one? Direct. Um yeah, straight to Istanbul. And then there's a few of us on it, including actually Ben, um, of this parish and his son and his couple of his mates, I think. Nice. That's gonna be that's gonna be lively. Well, I'm not jealous. I am Guinness and Spoons at uh, at nine AM tomorrow in Stanford. <laughs> Excellent. Well, look, we'll save the rest of the Champions League final chat for a little bit later on. Um, what we're going to do is just kind of go around some football headlines and just kind of chat. Um, obviously, since I've got you two on, maybe we'll focus a bit more on some boring, nerdy, legally stuff. Uh, no offense, obviously. Uh, but the, where I want to start is the story breaking about the final Qatari bid for Man United, or at least they are saying that it is their final take-it-or-leave-it offer. Um, Stefan, what's going on there? Uh, So the first thing that is customary in these situations is to declare my interest. Uh, Although I hate United, I have got some shares. Uh, So uh, take make of that what you will in terms of... uh, what I what I say about the process. Now, the reason that I bought those shares is because uh, I've been trying to read between the lines as to what's actually going on and trying to work out whether there was a a play in terms of a relatively quick uh, profit. I think it's fair to say that it's gone wrong. Largely, it's gone wrong because this is a very unusual situation with this process. It's taken far, far too long. And uh, it looks like it's going to end in quite an unusual outcome. And I think you can only put that down to uh, the client, i.e. the Glazers, uh, who are apparently, as far as we can see, about to commit some sort of corporate governance, well, crime, but not not a literal crime. But uh, I I think it's a corporate governance uh, nightmare for the board, the shareholders, uh, who are not the Glazer shareholders. Um, and ultimately, the good news uh, also for United fans. So uh, it's going to come full circle. I, I think uh, in the last few minutes, there's been a report that Jasim has upped his bid even higher than it was up to the last time. It seems to me to be a very odd thing to turn down if you're the Glazers, because the sorts of numbers that are being talked about are simply ludicrous, uh, you know, sort of six billion quid, um, which would imply a share price um, 
of probably another 60, 70% on top of where the shares currently trade. Um, but it looks like they're turning that down. I, I can only think they're turning it down because they don't believe that it's real, uh, which wouldn't be a massive surprise, or they don't believe it's going to get through, uh, which is possible. Uh, but the deal that it's left with is going to, I think, be quite interesting in the context of the United fan base, because I think it's going to cause them some trouble. So when you say get through, do you mean with the Premier League? No, I think it's going to, I think what's going to happen is that you're going to have uh, Ratcliffe do some kind of uh, slightly disingenuous deal with the Glazers by which either they change the rights of the B shares, not retrospectively, going forward, despite the fact the B shares have been there for 10 years, giving them the super voting rights, or they're going to effectively form an affiliate block with the Glazers that then effectively owns the club. So what's going to happen is that Ratcliffe is, in essence, going to become a partner of the Glazers for a period. They're then going to screw over all of the A shareholders and the share price is then going to fall back to the sorts of levels that it traded at before the the takeover. So you're going to have a situation where some of the Glazers sell some of their shares for a very nice price. That price isn't offered to the other shareholders. It keeps the Glazers still very much in the mix. Uh, I suspect that... um, it will be structured in a way that means that uh, Ratcliffe makes all the decisions. You've then got the question of, well, where do they get the money from to come into the club to actually invest in both the playing side and also um, in the stadium and in the infrastructure? And when do the Glazers actually exit? So all of that stuff, and in terms of getting through the Premier League, I don't think it's going to be an issue. I think it will be very straightforward. Um, But I think the issue really is about the nuts and bolts of the takeover and actually then going forward, how they actually fund the thing going forward to an exciting level that clearly is very different from it being purchased by Qatar or Saudi in another world or, you know, or somebody else. This is a, it looks to me as if Ratcliffe's bid is a, is kind of a stretched financial bid. He doesn't seem to have the kind of capital that I think most United fans would want to see the owner have. Um, Sounds a bit dodgy. So that's good news for us from a competitive standpoint. Explain something to me like I'm an idiot. Why would the Glazers turn down a full cash buyout if the full cash buyout is even close to what they value the club at? I I don't really understand. Well, I think there's... Yeah, well, I think it comes down to two things. I mean, first of all, they're not a, they're quite an odd bunch, seemingly. I mean, if you, to, <laughs> you to turn down that, six yeah. billion pounds, say that again? You can say that again, they're definitely an odd bunch. But, yeah, but to turn down six billion pounds after this process, after owning it for how many years? 15 years, 20 years? Mm. It's very, very strange. So I can only, my, my real conclusion is that Either they, uh, they or people around them have a genuine moral aversion to the Qataris, which I think is extremely unlikely. These are, you know, if they're exiting, why do they really care? 
So I think that's unlikely. So I think it goes back probably to the most likely uh, situation, which is something that I've sort of questioned all the way along from the very first time that this guy was mentioned, is that simply they don't believe that he's got the cash to deliver on the offer. And um, if he hasn't got the cash, then the offer is, you know, it's moot. So, you know, we can all, I could phone them up tomorrow and offer 7 billion quid. It's not going to happen because I haven't got the money. So I suspect, um, you know, at the end of the day, Rain, Rain would prefer to sell to the biggest financial player, a uh, bit bidder. Uh, and so Rain all day long will be uh, pushing the Glazers to sell to, if they perceive Jassim to be real, to, to sell to Jassim. So you can only assume that for whatever reason, they don't believe he's real. Mm. So I guess that is good news for us then, right? If the, if Well, I think so, us. because I think what it does, it sends United into a period of um, continued uh, uh, turmoil. You know, it kind of kicks the ball down, down the road in terms of, the can down the road, uh, in terms of dealing with the Glazers situation, because on any basis, the Glazers must remain here, because if the Glazers were no longer involved, then first of all, the cash requirement for Ratcliffe would be so enormous that I don't think he can do it. Um, and secondly, he wouldn't have the necessary voting rights unless he was to buy almost all of the Glazer stock. And if they bought all the Glazer stock, then they might as well buy it all completely because mm. what's the point in holding on to a very small residue? residue? So, um, yeah, I think it must be good news. For so us. is this like a leveraged buyout? Is it like kind of? Is it more or less the same as what the Glazers did, but just fifteen years later, or however? Long? Well, it's, it's not a leverage buyout in the in the same sense. But the the I mean, we're gonna we're getting into the nuts and bolts here, and you know, this is I'm sure not what you want to talk about. But you've asked the question, so you've got to look at it in terms of not how is he going to buy the stock that he's going to buy. So let's say he finds a way to buy fifty one percent of the votes off mm. the Glazers. And he finds a way to do that either by changing the rights of the B shares, which give these 10 times voting rights, because the, 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 the B shares are meant to convert to A shares with none of those voting rights on any transfer from the Glazers. And there's one carve out, which is unless they're transferred to an affiliate company or entity. So presumably he's only got two routes. One, he either does a vote to force through a change of the rights of the Bs so that they don't convert, or alternatively, that he finds a way to get into bed with the Glazers such that they are considered an affiliate. So that he'll then need the cash to settle that purchase, i.e. to transfer the cash to the Glazers in exchange for those B shares. So that's one part of the funding requirement. But there's a much bigger issue in terms of the funding, which is then how does he get share, uh, cash into a company that effectively he only owns a minority stake in. He may have a majority of the voting rights, mm. but he probably will only have a minority of the overall shares in issue. That means he's not going to want to put equity into the club because otherwise, if he does that, either it's massively dilutive to everybody else, i.e. their shares get diluted for the pounds that he puts in, or effectively he's putting in uh, free money for all the other shareholders to benefit from. So the probability and possibility is that the way that Ratcliffe ends up funding this going forward 
is that actually sticks a whole load of debt in below the senior debt that's already in the company. Right. Thereby, let's say, adding another 500 to 750 million pound of debt to the club, albeit not as secured as the, the main tranche that they've already got, the billion pound that sits there from the Glazers entity. So I don't know is, is a simple answer, but uh, I imagine that there will be some leverage in there because if he's going to leave it as a listed company, the way that you end up raising money is, more, is much more complicated mm. than it would be if it was a private company. And, and all, all the press rumors say that he does not want to buy 100% of the company. So, okay, well, uh, which makes sense because I don't see where Ratcliffe gets, let's say, £5 billion to buy all the shares plus another billion pounds to stick into the club by mm. way of working capital. Uh, for you know everything that needs to be done. Okay. Um, <clears throat> last thing, it's a bit of an unfair question, but just from a percentage point of view, because I'm 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 definitely interested in in the way that these Qatari stories have come about. Where 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 do you stand now? Having read today's update, you think it's fifty fifty between the two? Like w- which way which way you're siding percentage wise? Um. Well, the question is, what do I do with my shares? So there's a good. <laughs> That's a good good indicator. I mean, the shares, you know, should I sell my shares today? I probably should sell them. I mean, I think if you look at it now, it looks to me as if the Qatari play is very desperate. It's a, if it's not worked so far, if the Glazers have already turned down, let's say five billion pounds of of a Qatari offer, they must have got themselves comfortable that they can somehow get round all the corporate governance issues, which I've been very skeptical about. I don't see how they can get around them because I think they're just basically fucking over 10 years or 12 years listed company shareholders. But they must have found a way that they think they can get around all of the protections around minorities in, in the Cayman Islands. And they must have found a way that they think that they can deal with the PR side. Otherwise, they would have accepted the five. I mean, I can't see that they said to the to the Qataris, it's six or nothing, mm. or we're going with Jim Ratcliffe at three plus, you know, a five-year buyout. I can't see that. So I think I would say now, looking at it, uh, probably something like 60% Jim Ratcliffe, uh, 20, 25% no deal, and the rest, the Qataris. Uh, so not a lot with the Qataris. But... Okay. Um, very likely, I think Jim Ratcliffe will buy this now. Interesting. I say buy it. I mean, we'll we'll take we'll take a big position with the Glazers. Yeah. I think it's extremely unlikely that he buys it outright. <laughs> it's going to be so funny if that happens. Anyway, from one potential sport, not for me. No, obviously not. But then you bought shares in Man United, which I, so which you, I know you is get your what main. You deserve. I know. Well, I did say to a uh, leading financial journalist, shall we say, that I would happily take the hit that the Qatari deal collapsed surely you, surely this is an insurance bet this is totally it's an insurance, insurance bet. bet it's the uh, the ultimate insurance bet in my pension yeah exactly <laughs> anyway from one sports washing project to another Lloyd uh, PIF have bought the PGA golf tour 
uh, after yeah, amazing. the PGA Golf Tour spent a year <laughs> calling PIF terrorists, allegedly. I'm going to use allegedly there because I'm not sure they use that exact word, but you know what I mean. Um, what do you make of that? Like, I think there's, I think like the in the world of sport and big business, the butterfly effect of them buying the PGA will be really interesting. What did you make of it? Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our content, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes, and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now, or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.